Welcome back, Giants fans. We are going to talk about day two of the NFL draft and even day three because I am doing this on Saturday morning. I was going to do it on Friday night, but I was like just dead tired because I stayed up too late on Thursday, as you know. So, yeah, we're going to do the entire draft, but right now, day three is not over yet. I don't think the Giants even picked yet in day three, so I'll record the first part of this video now, put the second part in later. Boom, full video. So, there we go. Anyway. The Giants had a great day, too, and I think the first three picks they've made are perfect. Um, even, like, Mel Kuyper said, like, the three guys the Giants took are, like, top 75 players, which is, like, amazing value. So, of course, Deontay Banks was day one. Traded up one pick to get him, but great corner, in my opinion. I love that pick. Day two, you have John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, the center, and Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee. And they both fit great needs for the Giants. The Giants, of course, have not had a good center in God knows how long. You know, last year with John Feliciano was not very fun. Nick Gates coming back from the very serious injury. He wasn't bad, but wasn't great either. Um, and as and I've been going over this, like the last time the Giants had a good center was probably Weston Richburg for like that one year, maybe one year and a half. So it's been a while. And honestly, I mean, this was something the Giants needed. And John Michael Schmitz can arguably be the best center in this class. So I'm definitely a big fan of it. And we'll go more in depth on him in a bit. Jalen Hyatt, the Giants traded up to get him. They traded their 89th pick and I believe their pick number 128, their round four pick to move up to 73 with the Rams to get Jalen Hyatt, the speed threat wide receiver. This Giants offense, I think, may have been dead last, or probably bottom five. I'm pretty sure it was dead last, though, in big-time passing plays. And, of course, the Giants had some explosive running plays with Daniel Jones's legs and Saquon Barkley's legs. But in terms of passing the ball for explosive plays, the Giants were nowhere to be found. So what better to do than to acquire, or not acquire, but draft Jalen Hyatt, who is probably the best deep threat in this draft. It's it's definitely a debate you can have. So Jalen Hyatt may have to learn how to run other routes at a very high level, but in terms of being a burner, this guy is tremendous and fits what the Giants needed last year. So it's exciting. It's an exciting day, too. I think the Giants' first three picks have been great. Can't really complain. We'll see what happens day three. But anyway, let's get into JMS and Jalen Hyatt. All right, so we'll go in order. John Michael Schmitz was taken at pick number 57. So not the first center taken. The Jets took Joe Tipman. They took him 43. 14 picks later, the Giants took John Michael Schmitz. And as I said, he was arguably the best center prospect in this draft. He's been playing center for Minnesota since 2020, but really became like their full-time guy in 2021. And ever since then, it's like, yeah, he's really good. He's technically sound. He has that wrestling background, of course, understands leverage, can get into the second level. He's a great run blocker, has great hand usage. Like, there's not much bad you can say about John Michael Schmitz. I know center's not very exciting. Um, maybe didn't go higher because he's not an elite athlete. But, like, at center, you can get away with that stuff, and I'm not really too worried about it. But... In terms of being like, you know, the giant saying is like smart, tough, dependable. That's what John Michael Schmitz is. So that's that's very exciting. And, you know, I think the Giants hopefully have found their center for a very long time, you know, at least for the next five years. And, you know, any prospect can bust. I get it. But like, I think he's one of the safer prospects in this draft. I mean, him and guys like Michael Mayer, I just don't really see a way they fail unless there's like some type of, you know, really bad injury, which hopefully John Michael Schmitz does avoid. And a lot of times in the Giants run, running attack last year, 
the center would get out in space. You know, there was a lot of plays where they would just loop around and have to get into the second level, you know, get to linebackers, get to safeties. And you have to have an athletic center to do that. And I think John Michael Schmitz can perfectly fit that. He did compare himself to Ryan Jensen, which is pretty interesting. You know, he did study his tape. And, you know, Ryan Jensen's not one of, like, the best centers of this generation, but he's a very good one. You know, he was very good up until his injury last year. He missed pretty much all of last year, but he plays with nastiness, and John Michael Schmitz does the same thing. So that wrestling background, once again, probably comes in there. But, uh, yeah, as I said, not the most exciting pick in the world, but I like it a lot. Um, Looking at some of his stats, this was provided by PFF. He allowed two sacks in the past two seasons. I mean, that's not bad at all. I can't complain about that. His grade was 92.3. That was the best of all centers last season. And he supposedly is like just a great locker room guy too. He's supposed to be one of the guys who's a leader. He'll probably have that captain patch by year two if things go well. So yeah, I mean, there's really not many bad things you can say about this pick whatsoever. The Giants have not had a guy at this position in a very long time. So to get this settled in round two. And the funny thing is, like, he was maybe supposed to go in round one to the Giants. A lot of people had that in their mock draft. I know I made a mock draft where I put JMS to the Giants at 25. And for them to get him in round two, I mean, it's it's crazy. So, you know, maybe we could thank the Jets just like the... I know the Jets thanked us for taking Saquon in 2018. They took Sam Darnold. Maybe in the future, we could thank the Jets for taking Joe Tittman and leaving us with John Michael Schmitz. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah... Very happy with that pick, and hopefully for the next decade, the Giants have a really good starting center. In round three now, the Giants were supposed to pick at 89, which is pretty far back there. They trade up with the Rams to pick 73. They gave up another fourth rounder to get Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. So now I want to go over the Giants' weapons because I know weapons was like a big talking point coming into this offseason, but right now you have... Saquon, you have Isaiah Hodgins, you have Paris Campbell, you have Darius Slayton, you have Darren Waller, you have now Jalen Hyatt, you have Wandale Robinson, you have Sterling Shepard, Daniel Bellinger. Um, It seems like the Giants have figured this out in terms of getting weapons. Now, they don't have an elite wide receiver one, but as the saying goes, they don't grow on trees, and they mostly do cost a lot. Like, I think... You know, DeAndre Hopkins' contract, it's pretty up there. So for the Giants to even get him, it's not only, it's not only going to take like a, you know, second or third round pick. It was also going to take over $20 million probably in your cap space. I forget what he makes, but it's definitely not cheap. So, you know, the Giants did build their wide receiver room in the type of way where it's like, yeah, we don't have a, a stud. I think Darren Waller's their best guy in terms of talent, but they don't have a stud wide receiver one. But a lot of guys who are really good. I, I think last year Hodgins showed us like he's a very good wide receiver too. I think, you know, Paris Campbell, based on last year with the Colts, showed us that, yeah, if he's healthy, he's a very good wide receiver. He's reliable. Darius Slayton for the past few years has shown us, you know, he's reliable. He's good in his role. Um, you know, Jalen Hyatt, Wando Robinson still have to prove that they are going to be good in the NFL. But from what we saw from Wandell last year up until he got hurt, he was trending in the right direction. And of course, Sterling Shepard, I don't know what to expect from him, but we'll find out. But anyway, for Jalen Hyatt, he is a guy who once again fixes their problems with the lack of big plays in the passing game. He pretty much ran from the slot last year for Tennessee and basically just burned slot corners. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's tough to project him to the next level because the things he was doing at Tennessee 
you know, it's it's gonna be tough to get away with that in the NFL every single time. I feel like a lot of times with Jalen Hyatt, he was just such a better athlete and so much faster than the guy in front of him that he would just get by him. And Hendon Hooker, who throws a, a very beautiful deep ball, would just find him for easy 60, 70-yard touchdowns. Um, of course, in the NFL, it's not going to be as easy. So Jalen Hyatt does have to develop more of a, you know, a better route tree and just know how to run different routes. But at least we know this guy can be a burner and can take the top off a of defense and will keep safeties honest and have to keep their eyes on him. Joe Shane did say that his, his goal coming into this offseason was to emphasize speed. And once again, we just talked about like Darren Waller at tight ends very fast, uh, Paris Campbell, uh, of course, Wondell Robinson when he comes back. And now you have Jalen Hyatt like that is how you emphasize speed right there and, and get yourself some better athletes at the skill positions. Of course, Saquon Barkley, lots of speed. Um, so far, I mean, no news on Saquon yet, by the way. He has not signed the tag yet, which it might be a bit of a concern, but still no news about him. But for now, he's the Giants running back. Um, speaking of running backs, there's a guy I left I really liked. Dwayne McBride out of UAB. I liked him, so I know he's not much of a pass catcher, but I think he'd be a good fit for this team. Um, we'll see what happens anyway. Um, but for Jalen Hyatt, as I said, just a vertical threat. Probably has to work on some other things, but... I would say he's probably one of the top seven, eight wide receivers in this class. They could have went in other directions. I know there's there were guys on the board. I think like A.T. Perry and maybe like Michael Wilson were out there. Um, bigger guys. And, and Michael Wilson is really good when he's healthy, but he's just never healthy, unfortunately. A.T. Perry had more questions to his game, but I think at one point he was supposed to be like a, you know, Probably like close to a first round pick, but A.T. Perry kind of took a step back last year, I think. So anyway, for what the Giants like to do, Jalen Hyatt makes sense. We know by now the Giants wide receivers, like they have a type. They have a type of wide receiver they like. The small guys that get open, that are fast, make guys miss. Jalen Hyatt's that guy. Like, you know, a Quentin Johnston I, I thought never had a chance with the Giants because that's just not their guy. They don't go after guys that, you know, have that type of physicality and that size. Like they just they just don't do it. I don't know. I mean, you can agree with it, disagree with it. I know we've had great times with uh you know, Plaxico Burris and even um, even Hakeem Nix was like 6'1". But, um, yeah, the Giants just are not going for that type of guy. So that's just, it is what it is. But anyway, um, for Hyatt, he was made a full-time starter in 2022. Put up some really good numbers. 67 catches, 1,267 yards, 15 touchdowns. His average per catch was 18.9 yards per reception. That's insane. So, as I said, like, that's just, you know, the guy is a big play threat waiting to happen. But 15 touchdowns is very impressive. Now, he did have a third of that production in one game. And you're probably thinking, oh, it's probably against some shit team, right? He did this against Alabama. He had a six-catch, 207-yard, five-touchdown game versus Alabama last year, which is like, I don't know how you do that, but... You know, I'll go back and watch that game because it just does not make sense to me. Even his combine was pretty impressive. He had a 40-inch vertical, which is really good. 11-3 broad, which is very good. 40-yard um, dash was 4-4, which I think, or 4.40 to be specific. But I think people were kind of disappointed with that 40 time, which when you run a 4-4 flat, most times it's very good. Like That's, that's going to be celebrated. But I think with Jalen Hyatt, people were kind of disappointed, which does show the type of speed he has on tape. Um... But in terms of like speed and like the ball skills, tracking the ball, he's very good at that stuff. He does need help in other areas like route running and you know maybe playing with physicality, breaking press. But 
I think he can get by that stuff, hopefully. He is just 176 pounds. That was his weight at the combine. I think I saw that he wants to get heavier or did say he's already heavier or something like that. I think he wants to get up to like somewhere close to 190. I could be wrong, but I think I saw that somewhere on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, exciting pick. The Giants now have a lot of guys in the wide receiver room, and if there are injuries, they have guys behind them. If a guy like Paris Campbell, his injury history comes back to bite him, hey, you still have like two or three other guys that can take that spot. And even Jamison Crowder, who I forgot to mention, still out there, who's you know not even 30 yet. He's a pretty solid uh, slot receiver throughout his career. So anyway, yeah, the Giants have a lot of guys. Um, PFF compared him to Johnny Knox. That's pretty interesting. Johnny Knox was a very good player up until his injury. He kind of got his injury, um, his career cut short due to, I think, a neck injury. It might have been a neck injury. I don't know. But he he was really a fun punt returner for a bit, made some big plays, so I kind of see it myself. Um, but, yeah, hopefully Jalen Hyatt works out. I don't think he's as, like, safe, quote-unquote, as John Michael Schmitz. But you add him to a room of a bunch of guys who – Somebody has to step up. I mean, of course, Darren Waller should be the guy if he's healthy. But in terms of the wide receivers, like which guy steps up as the most reliable? Who gets the quote unquote wide receiver one label? Is it Hodgins? Is it Paris? Is it Hyatt? Is it Wandale? Is it Darius Slayton? Like who is going to be the wide receiver one next year? So I don't think it'll be Hyatt. I think he'll be more of a guy who, you know, makes probably a handful of big plays for the Giants next year, hopefully more. Um, it may take him a couple of years to really settle in and be like a, hopefully close to a wide receiver one. But I think for next year, yeah, it might be like a Darius Slayton still or an Isaiah Hodgins type guy. We'll find out. But for Jalen Hyatt, I just hope he learns the things he has to learn, like different routes and breaking press and all that, gets a bit heavier. Once that happens, he should be very good. So hopefully that's the case. But we saw basically one year of him being a full-time starter, and that was last year. And I just read off his stats. He was very impressive. Um, I'm, I'm going to look at his snap counts the past few years. Uh, he played 252 snaps in 2020, three, uh, 321 in 2021, and then played 733 last year. So out of his 733 snaps last year 624 were in the slot so the guy was pretty much exclusively a slot receiver um but once again basically 19 yards per catch is pretty insane so the giants get him in the third round pick number 89 no 73 they had 89 73 so yeah it's gonna be fun hopefully jalen hyatt works out but yeah we're gonna let day three finish out here that's my reaction to the first uh two days of the draft so once day three happens we'll go over those picks i think the giants have like four picks left i know someone tweeted this out before it's, it's so hard because I, I woke up late today i'm kind of a bum on the weekends like i wake up at like one or two um but anyway i saw a tweet of how many picks the giants have left and i think might have been jordan ron on john michael schmitz by the way is number 61 he wore 60 in college the quote was it's one number better than 60 i guess and that's why he picked 61 I don't know. Anyway, I don't think 60's retired by the Giants, right? No. I'm looking right now. Uh, No. Yeah, so I don't know why he didn't stick with 60. Does someone have 60 now? I don't know. That's kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, he takes 61. So here we go. The Giants pick 172, 209, 243, and 254. Four more picks today. They're at 167 right now. So the Giants uh, pick in round five is coming up pretty soon. But yeah, once again, we'll have the final reaction to the final four picks maybe it'll be three if they trade or something i don't know but yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed the first half of this video and i'll talk to you guys in a bit all right we're back to pretty much go over the entire draft day three is over the draft is over 
So round five, the Giants took Eric Gray, running back out of Oklahoma. Round six, they took Trey Hawkins, the third cornerback out of Old Dominion. Round seven, their first round seven pick, 243, was Jordan Riley, defensive tackle out of Oregon. And their last pick, uh, 254 overall, was Javarius Owens out of Houston, a safety. So we'll go over those guys. I didn't watch the last three guys. I mean, I kind of, I tried to at least. There's not the best highlights out there. I saw a little bit of them, but we'll read some of what, you know, people who've watched them have said and things like that, how they fit into the Giants and all that. But hope you guys enjoy the second half and let's get into it. So the fifth rounder, Eric Gray, the running back. The Giants, of course, could have used the running back. Of course, you know, they have Matt Breda behind Saquon, but... As I said before, there's not a 100% guarantee Saquon's back. I would I would think he is, but it's not 100% guaranteed, so we'll find out how it plays out. I saw a Jordan Ronan tweet how they're still working on a Saquon extension. I don't know if that will happen, but still, at least they are working on it. Um, so what I saw from him, he's a good receiver, sure-handed. Lateral movement skills are pretty good. Um, a guy who can juke anybody, it feels like. The problem is he's not very explosive, so... He has the elusiveness, but not the explosiveness. That's kind of the problem here and probably why he didn't go so high. He's also like 24, I think, already, or maybe 23, 24. Obviously, when you're drafting a running back, you want him to be 21. You want to get the most years possible out of him. That could be another reason Eric Gray was not looked at too highly and why he's a fifth-round pick. Um, So, yeah, the breakaway speed was not there, but he had really good uh, vision and footwork. That's very important, of course, finding the right hole. And he's a well-rounded running back, but just never going to be elite. I can't see him being like a top 15 running back in football ever, but he could be a low-end starter one day. He's a good backup, so it's a fine pick. He's had a pretty productive career. Even this past year in 2022, he had uh, 1,366 yards, 11 touchdowns, 6.4 per carry for Oklahoma in the receiving game. He was still pretty good. 33 catches, 229 yards. It's very good for a receiving back, especially in college. So, yeah, there could be a role for him. I don't know if I beat out Matt Breda right away, but I would not be shocked if that were the case. Here's another blurb about Gray that I saw from some draft expert. I don't know, but Gray is an efficient one-cut runner who sticks his foot in the ground and gets north to south as soon as he gets a seam. He has good contact balance and runs hard. As a receiver, he's an effective route runner and reliable check down. Gray needs to get stronger, but he's willing to step up in pass pro. So for a fifth round pick, yeah, it's it's not bad. He might contribute in year one. I would not be surprised once again. Um, I don't know what he does on special teams. I hope he can make some tackles on special teams. Um, usually guys that go in rounds five to seven can play special teams. So we'll see what type of uh, contribution he has there. But even if not, he might be a good running back for this team. So doesn't seem like a bad pick. The Giants with their lone round six pick took Trey Hawkins, a cornerback out of Old Dominion. He's listed at 6'3", 195 on ESPN, but I don't think that's correct. I know Jordan Ronan said he's 6'1", 188 based on his pro day, so I'll go with that, 6'1", 188. Um, I remember the Giants took another Old Dominion guy a few years back, O'Shane Zimenez, a guy that I was very much into at that time. So it's funny, the guys that I really loved in the mid to late rounds for the Giants, they never worked out. Guys like uh, you know, O'Shane Zimenez, guys like the, um, Darnay Holmes I was a big fan of. TJ Brunson just never worked out. Anyway, um, so the ESPN write-up was Hawkins was a two-year starter at Old Dominion where he picked off two passes last year. He's tall and long with good top-end speed and quickness. Hawkins is is tough and tends to wrap up. 
So some good things said here. I mean, good size, of course. He has speed. Ran a 4-4, I believe. And he was productive the past couple years. Even his stats last year, 12 games. He had 44 solo tackles, 57 total. One tackle for loss, two interceptions, six passes defended, three fumbles recovered, and two forced fumbles. So that's pretty impressive there for a cornerback. Um, the Giants couldn't use cornerback depth. I know they took, um, obviously, Deontay Banks in round one, but the Giants' cornerback room is nothing spectacular. You have Cordell Flotts, who is also very skinny, very small. Um, Aaron Robinson's coming off a pretty big injury, so... I don't know if he'll get back to what he's supposed to be. But you have other guys in the secondary who, you know, aren't too reliable. Bobby McCain just came over, a veteran free agent. Um, you have Jason Pinnock, Dane Belton. So, yeah, I don't blame them. Even Terrell Burgess, who I like a lot. I, I liked him a lot coming out of college. I forget where he went. I think he went to the Rams, but Terrell Burgess is here now. I would like to see him get a shot. I know I'm kind of going off topic now, but I would like to see Burgess get a shot. Anyway, and they have the uh, former Lions guy, Amani Oruwe, I think it's how you pronounce it, something like that. Awarie. I think Awarie is better. So they have a few corners, but no one like too reliable outside of um, Adoree Jackson, and I think Deontay Banks deserves to be in that conversation as well, but he is a rookie. But as I said, unfortunately, not too many highlights out there about him, so I didn't get to mo uh, watch much of him, but just based on what people are saying, seems like a fine pick for round six. You know, you're not expecting too much here, just a special teams guy who can provide depth, and I like having corner depth, I like having edge depth, um, positions like that, I, I do like having you know, a good number of guys that if, if a couple go down, like last year, Dory Jackson went down, the Giants were kind of screwed and just throwing crap at the wall. So, you know, at least have people behind them that can step up and play if they need to. Their first seventh rounder was Jordan Riley, defensive tackle out of Oregon, 6'5", 325. Listed as a primary run stopper, as I said in a previous video, that the Giants can use another defensive tackle to stop the run. I know they signed Nacho from the Buccaneers, and of course they have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. But I think the guy they drafted last year, DJ Davidson, I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL, right? So he's probably out for most of next year. So bring in Jordan Riley and see what he can do. He's another guy who can hopefully play some special teams, maybe block a kick next year, 6'5". You can try and do that, of course. Um, but last season, he played in all 13 games for Oregon, um, had one and a half tackles for a loss, 21 tackles total, and half a sack. So not the biggest production, but he has NFL size. Hopefully he comes in there and you know can at least be a decent uh, run stopper in the NFL. And their last pick was, I want to say, Javarius Owens. It's G-E-R-V... A-R-R-I-U-S. I mean, usually Javarius is with a J, but I would say I don't think Gavarius is a name. I could be wrong, but I think Javarius Owens is how you pronounce it. Safety out of Houston. Um, the Giants never officially had a Julian Love replacement, and I don't think a seventh-round rookie will do that. But, you know, he could help. I saw some of his highlights. He had some out there. He looked pretty good for the most part. Um, here was Jordan Ronan's right up on him. Another depth addition uh, for the secondary who fits the smart, smart, tough, and dependable requirements of Coach Brian Dable. Owens was a team captain at Houston where he started uh, 12 games at free safety and finished second on the team with 74 tackles and eight pass breakups. So Houston is a pretty good school. Of course, we see really good prospects from there just about every year. So, yeah, I don't mind it. He seems to have a lot of experience. He had... You know, four career interceptions. He's had over 200 career tackles there. He's had seven and a half tackles for loss in his career. Two forced fumbles. So another guy who hopefully can come in and, you know, make plays if needed. So overall, here was how the 2023 draft went for the Giants. Deontay Banks was the first round pick. 
in round two, they took John Michael Schmitz to center. Round three, they traded up for Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver. Round five, Eric Gray, the running back. Round six was Trey Hawkins, the third out of uh, Old Dominion. The first round seven pick, Jordan Riley. And the last pick of the draft, Javarius Owens, the safety out of Houston. So overall, I don't know much about the last three guys they took, but I would say for the first four picks they've had, it was a very good draft. I think the first three picks were as good as it can get. And the funny part is, I said this after the John Michael Schmitz pick, is like you had two guys who were projected to go in the first round for the Giants at times. And even like Jalen Hyatt, probably in some mock drafts, was um, probably mocked to the Giants. So to see three potential players who were mocked in the first round to go to the Giants in the first three rounds is pretty awesome. So I would say, you know, I know drafts are not one on paper. You have to go out there and, and, and you know, put out the results. But still, I think based on paper and, and what we've seen so far in this draft for the Giants, I mean, it was a really good start and a really good foundation. They added some good depth in the later rounds. They added a you know a couple guys in the secondary, a run stopper, defensive tackle. So you know even some Saquon Barkley depth and Eric Gray. So yeah, I think it was a good draft. I was pretty satisfied for the most part. It was a weird draft, of course, because we don't pick in the 20s very often. So um, you know for that to happen was pretty interesting. So. I think they had a very good draft. It's probably somewhere in the A range, whether it's A minus A, you can say A plus. I wouldn't argue it too much. But yeah, so good draft in 2023. I'm sure we'll see some undrafted free agents. I have already seen a few come through my phone. Don't know who they are, but if you want like a reaction to that, I might go over that in a different video. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. It might be a long video by the end of it, but I hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.